On today's show, we'll recap game one of the Traverse City Prospects Tournament. Matthew Nyes dropped a little bit of news on us yesterday as well that we'll dive into. And Ilya Samsonov, Dave, he's hit me in the feels with his new mask that he debuted uh, earlier this week. We'll show you it. And Dave is going to give us his top five Leafs goalie masks of all time. So all that and more coming up today's uh, on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It's the official sports book of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. All right, pal, we got a bunch uh, of news that we got to get into, so why don't we just get right into it? Um, Game one of the prospect tournament uh, was played today, but it was not shown today. Uh, We saw maybe the first seven minutes, I want to say, six, seven minutes of the first period, and then uh, ice surface issues forced the game into a stoppage in which they had to literally move ranks and uh, the other rank was not equipped for the broadcast because obviously they had all the cables, equipment, and, and TV and everything in the one rank. And when they moved, they weren't able to move anything else either. So uh, we got to see about seven minutes worth of uh, game coverage. But we do know a couple of things. We do know that the Maple Leafs lost, unfortunately. Uh, 7-3 was the final Um, The Blue Jackets defeated the Maple Leafs in game one of the tournament. And the goal scorers were Topi Nimolo, Ryan Tverberg, and Max Ellis. That's pretty much the extent of the information for the most part that uh, that we know, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, it's it's so unfortunate. Um, And this is why uh, being a media member at the tournament has quite the uh, benefits as you see with, I think David Alter and Nick Barden are down yep. there for uh, hockey news. So kudos to them. Cause that's what it, that's investing and the investment paying off in the lives. They're getting full access when we can't <laughs> see anything that, but we did get to see a few of the goals. The Leafs uh, social media person was on hand and did their best to share those. Um, it was a little tough to figure out who scored or how the goal kind of was scored because you're, watching it off a phone at a not so great uh angle it's almost like you're watching your kids playing at a peewee tournament say hey look my kid scored and it's like well which one was your kid (laughs) yeah where's the puck how do you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) right uh, Uh, okay sure whatever you say um it was unfortunate though because dave like i i was quite excited for this game like we had we had teed it up obviously on yesterday's show where we previewed it you know Kyle Cushman was nice enough to uh, to join us for the podcast and and help us kind of explain to us, I suppose, and all the listeners who each of these prospects are and kind of got us excited for it. And I was ready, man. I was sat down on my couch 
uh, ready to watch this game at 3.30. I tuned in um, to the broadcast, and things were not going off to the greatest start, obviously. They were down 2 nothing, um the first few minutes into the game. But then the stoppage came about about seven minutes in, and that, that was it. That was all that I, I got to watch, unfortunately. It's all that we, anyone got to watch um, of this game who, who wasn't live in person. Todd Crocker, an absolute gem, played <laughs> that whole stoppage. He was having fun. He was, he was having, having fun. That you can tell that that's somebody who has been around uh, quite a bit. He can find a way to turn that situation to like it was just like you're just like watching this and you're like this is like you could tell that this was going nowhere. Like it was not looking good. Oh, yeah. And he's just he's just finding ways to throw in anything to like add levity to the situation. Yeah, Todd Crocker deserves first star for that for that whole. Uh, that whole game, I should say. Absolutely. The the whole seven minutes of it. I mean, realistically, the stoppage in which they were forced to broadcast before they decided to kind of call it was longer than the actual gameplay, I think. Like, I think to so. be fair, it was almost just as long, um, t- to be quite honest with you. But, yeah, I, I've been in that situation before. Like, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the po- podcast. I probably have at some point. Um, but... You know, like I did play by play at Western when I was there for my four years. And there's a couple of times where I was caught in a situation where, you know, if there's an injury, um, you know, or there's some sort of uh, ice equipment issue or a glass pane breaks, like you got to kill time and you got to find, you know, that's where you're really tested as a broadcaster. How much did you actually prepare and do research? What do you know about these players? What stories can you share from, you know, your past or what stories do you have about these players from talking to them uh, in the dressing room over the course of the last couple of days? You know, like that's that's really where you get to shine as a broadcaster. And, and you're right. Todd Crocker did a great job um, alongside the, the the other two who uh, who, who did well, uh, did really good as well. So uh, shout out to, to the you know, those three who were broadcasting it, unfortunately, uh, wasn't able to get a full game in because of this situation um what i did see though i saw matthew nice made a really nice play had a really probably the the best opportunity for the maple leafs in that early part of the game uh, in that first period um he had a really nice play had a nice little drop pass that he picked up and uh fired it and ended up going wide but you know it, it was nice to see mm-hmm. apparently took a slash though in the game i saw david alter had tweeted in the third period that he had t- taken a slash and was checked out by the trainer on the bench, um, but didn't end up missing any shifts. So it looks like he's going to be okay, which thank God that would have been just the last thing that this team needed was an injury or a broken wrist to Matthew Nyes at a prospects tournament days before tra- a week before training camp. Yeah. Like uh, when we were having, uh, when we had Kyle Kuzman on, I literally said like, don't you think it's, you know, there's there's a bit of risk here to put him into a tournament like this? Because, yeah, he could get a sprained wrist. He can get a, you know, he could get a broken wrist, as you said. And, like, that, and we've seen how a wrist injury can, you know, derail a training camp, derail the start of your season. Just, you just hope that, you know, they said he was okay. And I'm hoping that there's nothing that, you know, we don't see Matthew and I scratch for game two because he's dealing with wrist soreness. 
yeah, that would uh, that would probably raise a couple eyebrows if if that were the case. If he was considered like day to day, and you don't see him practicing with the team, or he doesn't play in the next game um, against Dallas, that that would not be a good sight for for the Maple Leafs and, and for their fans if if that were to be the case. Um, but I, was there anything else that you saw? Um, maybe some comments post game that you thought we should we should address here about the game. I mean the. The penalty kill. I mean, like, if your people are wondering, like, just based on what I was listening to the post game comments, like the power play, sorry, the penalty kill wasn't exactly put into great situations. They took a lot of bad penalties mm-hmm. in this game, and um, yeah, John Gruden, the the coach, he's the Marley said coach. He's acting as the head coach for the team this weekend. He had a lot of good things to say about Fraser Minton. He said like he was pretty good. Uh, on the ice, but even on the bench, he was so impressed with his leadership, just kind of keeping guys engaged throughout the game when he's on the bench. Like as somebody who's, you know, so young, that's, that's a real sign of maturity. And, you know, he's, he, he's a player that, you know, last year was going through some injuries, but you know, was, was a part of a more Memorial cup team. So he's been through some situations before, so he's picking up on things. And those are experiences. I think, are going to be important, and I'm I'm curious to see if the whole thing can develop for him because it seems like he gets it off the ice. Now on the ice, he just needs to put you know put yeah. the rest together. If I recall, like he made it pretty deep into camp before the injury. <laughs> Obviously, he ended up on on injured reserve to to start the year and whatnot. But he made it pretty deep into camp and was given a look and like a, a chance to make this team as a depth player and. You know, obviously, again, he got hurt and, and it derailed it. But it, there's something there that Keith likes, obviously. So if he can, if he continues to develop, I know he had a great season in the WHL. If he, you know, had a big summer and he continues to develop and he comes, has a good prospect tournament here, has a really good training camp. I mean, there's an outside shot that Fraser Minton could be, you know, one of those young players who could surprise and make this roster out of camp. It, it wouldn't completely shock me if maybe they try and give him a couple of games because they, they still would have a nine-game you know, sample size to see if they want to burn that first year of the contract. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, if Fraser Minton can can do something this year. But certainly, you know, it sounds like he's going to be a leader for this team at the Prospects Tournament, along with Matthew Nyes and, and Topi Nimala uh, as well. Um, Nyes even was speaking about the fact how he's excited to be there for leadership, uh, you know, purposes. Uh, I was reading Nick Barden's story on the hockey news earlier today, and he was quoted saying, uh, quote, obviously I came off last season with an injury and it kind of got cut short, uh, compared to the other guys here. So it's going to be nice to get some games in some bumps and some bruise board training camp. Also, it gets me in a position to learn, to be a leader, learn some leadership skills. And I think think that's wonderful being around the younger players uh are that are eventually going to be here with the Leafs it's pretty nice to get to know them better I'm just excited to be part of it so um you know it looks like a couple of young guys who the Maple Leafs do think highly of highly enough to take them with top picks um are taking on a strong leadership stance as well it's the type of stuff you want in the locker room anyways right so good to see that as well speaking of Matthew Nyes Let's take a quick break. When we get back, he dropped some uh, some news on us uh, a couple of days ago about his status in the playoffs 
We'll tell you all about it on the other side. But first, we'll tell you about one of today's show sponsors. And it's our good friends over at FanDuel. A football season is here, and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So if you happen to bet the Philadelphia Eagles, guess what? You will get a $5 bonus today from FanDuel for that regular season victory. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get those bonus bets for each win. You use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, overs, unders, and more. Wait for the hockey season. Use them on the Maple Leafs if you choose. But visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti here with me as my co-host. And uh, starting on Monday, I've got some big news for the pod. We're back to five days a week starting on Monday, which is great for the listeners. Not ideal for you, Dave. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to be away next week again. Now, we do have a couple of podcasts that we've got canned that, that are going to be really fun. We're building the best Leaf player using traits. Uh, we've we've done that, so I think that's going to come out. Uh, and then we're also doing an organizational tier ranking. Uh, we've got four different tiers that is on the Maple Leafs team, and we put each player into one of these buckets, and uh, that'll be a part one, two series, which will come out, what we say, Tuesday, Wednesday. Those will come out, I believe. And uh, and then the the build the best leaf will come out, I think, on on uh, Thursday. But Monday, Dave's going to recap what happened this weekend at the prospects tournament. Let's hope that the rest of the games can be, uh, you know, can be televised or you can be streamed. And we don't have any more ice issues. And they fixed that in Traverse City. And uh, so I'm sure you'll do a great job with that. And then Friday, dude, training camp starts. So there's going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, come Friday for you as well. So next week, full back to a full five-day-a-week schedule, and we're going to have tons of content for you. So make sure that you are subscribed here to Locked On Lease, wherever you get your podcast from audio-wise and also up on YouTube as well. Uh, we'd really appreciate the sub. Um, all right, Dave. We were just talking about Matthew Nyes and uh, you know the fact that you look pretty good uh, from what I read at the very least, uh, in this prospects tournament game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, he, he did have that one look that I saw while the cameras were still, uh, you know, operating. The broadcast was still on. Um, but two days ago now, yeah, the day before, he came out and spoke with the media and uh, declared that essentially he was cleared to play game six should the Leafs have extended the series. This was not information that I had known previously. Did that one kind of uh, shock you as well to hear after that concussion he had sustained earlier in that series? Yeah, because it essentially when the injury happened, um, what, the way it was announced by the team was, yeah, he's like, we're not going to see him even if uh, the Leafs were to somehow pull off the comeback and move on to the next round. It felt like he was like Done the chance bit. Yeah, it, like right? the least like it was indefinite. It was an, it was he was, it was out indefinitely indefinite. with the designation. So yeah, so that made me feel like okay, maybe if the Leafs went on a deep run, the cue the jokes, guys. Um, <laughs> if they went on a deep run, then yeah, we could there. It it felt like maybe there'd be a chance. 
Um, so yeah, it was a little surprising here that like pretty much the if the Leafs found a way to pull out game five, uh, games five, sorry, game, game five, right? Uh, so uh, if they had found the building, out, man, I was in the building. I'm thinking back on it, and I remember sitting there, and I'm surprised it didn't get more hoopla. But like to me, like everyone was upset about the way Radko Gudis was yelling in Joseph Wall's face, and it just you know it wasn't a good look on him. It was kind of a dick move. But to me, what I remember from that is he was holding the stick of the least player. I can't remember if it was Yarncrock or it was one of the defensemen, it but was I think it was maybe Yarncrock. Yeah, he was holding his stick, which allowed them to get the shot off and eventually you know that was the, the game winner whereas if yarn would have totally been in the shot lane um I, I remember thinking to myself whoa are we gonna get a penalty is that count is that not interference what's going on here and i no no whistles no nothing uh and then the leafs were getting on the ice getting ready to, to shake hands um but turns out if that goal would not have happened and if the maple leafs had scored to extend the series to six uh matthew nyes would have been an option he came out and said quote i was actually cleared the day we lost nyes revealed uh wednesday ahead of the traverse city prospects tournament uh continues to say i was eligible to play in the following game but after the season ended it took a, i took a few weeks off uh off of the ice training just to make sure that i was 100 percent back um so it sounds as though we we missed out on a chance to see nyes once again because of the game five loss uh just another another little you know jab another little jab to leave fans um but is what it is i'm curious though dave you know matthew nice is going into his first full season and he got a good handful of games in at the end of the year ended up getting a few games and then played his way into the lineup on an everyday basis essentially uh in the playoffs prior to the injury worked his way all the way up from the third line up to the top line when he got hurt, was playing alongside Marner and Matthews. Um, what are your expectations from Matthew Nyes in his first full season um, as a Maple Leaf? I want to see him play to his strengths, right? Like, if he plays to his strengths, which is his size and, you know, ability to just, you know, get into the dirty areas, pretty much try to be the Michael Bunting without the shenanigans. Huh. And I think he's a, an upgrade on Michael Bunting. I think. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think he's better. Better than Michael Bunting. The effort and be. you know, yeah, like the effort and just being willing to do whatever it takes to get into offensive situations. I think he can be very successful, especially if he gets a chance to play with good offensive players. Right. Yeah. That's that's why I think you know they they do want. To, I think the Leafs are going to try to challenge him to be that player. You know, Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi, they were brought in. They're going to obviously be the competition for spots on the left wing there. So, you know, I, I do think that a top four, a top, a top six role should be where he is. Now, is that too much to expect from him? I don't think so. Like, he did it last year in the toughest part of the season, right? Yeah. Like, he came in and every other player he was going up against was pretty much had a full season on their belt. He came in after college and didn't look like a player who came out of college. Against the former two-time Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning and then against the eventual Eastern Conference champions 
uh, Florida Panthers. Like that, yeah. he had it was high level competition, and he was you know out there, and there were shifts where he was driving play. He looked good. He looked real good. Um, so I, I mean, could he go through some growing pains? Is there going to be some nights where he needs to learn? Okay, this is the pros. I can't get away with that. Um, you know, yes, I might be bigger than everybody else, but you know, just because I'm bigger doesn't mean that I'm stronger or better by any means in the, in the NHL compared to the NCAA. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does, you know, translate in a full season. I do expect for there to be ups and downs, obviously, but, um, I will be curious to see where he ends up starting off the season. If he does start out on the second line, uh, or if he ends up on the third line, I, I, I'm assuming, you know, be, competition there between him and Max Domi for who plays, you know, second line and, and third line left wing. Uh, but either way, you know, there's, there's going to be opportunity for Matthew Nyes this year based off of the small sample size that we got from him a season ago. So uh, excited to see what Matthew Nyes can bring to the squad this season. And well, excited to see what he can do the rest of the weekend too. Still two more prospect games for him to show us what, uh, what he's all about. All right, we'll take one more quick break, Dave. When we come back, you are giving us your top five list of Maple Leafs goalie masks. And this is stemming off of Ilya Samsonov throwing it back, hitting the old nostalgia bone uh, with his new mask unveiled. We'll show you the new mask he has, and uh, Dave will unveil his top five all time. Uh, So that's coming up on the other side but first a word from one of our show sponsors jace medical emergency kits everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected that's why jace medical offers the jace case the jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind that you are not just hoping uh, that you have access to medication in an emergency jace case medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand jace medical is simple they handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Use the promo code Locked On for $20 off. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti, your hosts here at Locked On Leafs. Excited that we'll be moving closer uh, to the season as we ramp it up to five episodes a week, starting again on Monday. We'll be going all season long, five episodes, every Monday through Friday, each and every day. So make sure that you are subscribed so that you can be uh, locked into what's going on here on Locked On Leafs and what I was locked on the other day was the mask that uh, Ilya Samsonov unveiled. And let me tell you, this thing hit me in the nostalgia bone. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, we're going to throw it up here on uh, on YouTube. If you haven't seen it and you're listening, we were going to absolutely, I, I think we've uh, retweeted it as well. So you can go check out our Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. But uh, does that look familiar? To anybody, does does that mask look familiar to Leaf fans at all? Dave, does that look familiar to you? Because it does for me. It hit me right in the field. It, it, didn't, even, it didn't take it did not take that long for me to just go, wow. Yeah. Just like 
and you know what I liked about it too? Like sometimes like players do replicas or they get close to the original. I like that he copied the like the template, but the design's different, right? So explain it. Explain it for those who are listening what we are looking at right yeah, now. Yeah, so I, like it's it's obviously got the Cujo inspired, you know, Cujo's mask was the dog, right? With the with the teeth. This one's got more I would say more snarl to it. Like the yeah. teeth are bigger, the teeth are a, a bigger part of the mask. Um it, 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 at first I was trying to figure out if it was a dog, because it looked a little gnarly <laughs> to be a dog. Yeah, kind of um, like a saber tooth or something. I don't know what, but yeah, yeah, like those are those those don't look like dog teeth. Those it looks look like, like something. Like... It must be something in Russia that we don't know about. That he, yeah, yeah, that, that's what the abominable snowmen look like over in Russia. Apparently, or the snow dogs in Russia. But uh, this is cool, man. This is a cool mask, and right away it brings me back to my childhood when I became a fan of the Maple Leafs. Um, Cujo between the pipes and the fact that Samsonov. Uh, decided to do this, I think is awesome. Really, really awesome. And, um, you know, it, 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 it kind of also to me, I don't know if it does to you and maybe I'm reading into it a little bit too much, but it means that he cares about the organization and he cares about the history of the organization. Yeah. He cares that he is a Toronto Maple Leaf and that's something that's special. And he would have been growing up like in roughly the same ish era. Like he's a few years younger than you and I are, but, he still knows who Curtis Joseph is, right? Like he, yeah, he certainly yeah. does. And, um, you know, it's one of the coolest masks of all time, the Cujo mask. And for him to, uh, you know, adapt it as his own and use that as inspiration and come up with kind of a revamped 2.0 type version, like is so cool. So cool. Yeah, I think I do too. And I, I, again, as I said, like, I'm glad it's not a, like an exact replica. I like that he made it his own. It's just such a clean look too, right? Like, I think goalie masks are have become very underrated in terms of like the creativity that we see from some of these goalies. Like, yeah. It. I went to the hockey hall of fame not too long ago, and I got to see some of the goalie masks. I like they have a whole wall, whole display of goalie masks. It's one of my favorite exhibits because yeah. Great. you see the first off, you see the marks on the on the mask too. Just how well those paint jobs last. True. And my my dad actually uh quick uh, personal story here my dad had a going mask and he found out that somebody was kind of starting out themselves getting into making their own goalie mask i wish i knew who the artist was so he actually brought a goalie mask down he had a guy do a custom paint job on it he was trying to like get him like himself into that foray right right my dad paid like 300 bucks for the paint job it was cheap as heck i don't know how my dad got that deal and I, I wish I had it with me. I didn't think to bring it with me, but maybe I'll show it on a on a future part, or maybe we'll, I'll throw it up on the uh, throw it up somewhere. Like it's it reminds me of a different mask that I'm gonna have in my rankings here, but it's just it just says something when a goalie has a custom paint job. Yeah, it's just it's, just, it's another thing. Like goalies are the only ones that get to do that, right? Yeah. Hey, I've talked about this for a long time mm-hmm. players need to be able to individualize their skates that needs yeah. to be a thing that 100 percent needs to be a thing like the, the skates that mitch marner wore to the all-star game that had the, the oh. toronto skyline but was like the miami vice uh colors with the toronto skyline yeah. in the back like 
those, are cool. those should be sold. Like that is that is how you can make money on the secondary market. Like the NBA, they had their everyone has these sneaker deals, and you know everyone's going out and buying Jordans and buying these sneakers, whether it's Nike or Under Armour, or Reebok, uh, whoever it may be. Um, look, the NHL, if they wanted to try and explore a way for players to make more money, uh, a way to do that with like licensing deals by personalizing skates, like you imagine be like, Oh, I got the Marner Toronto skylines. Like that could be, those could oh, be yeah. words that could come out of your mouth. Like for Christmas, what do you want for Christmas? Like you ask a 10 year old diehard Maple Leafs fan. I want the Marner skyline Miami vices. A- and you could charge an arm and leg for those because they already do charge an arm and leg for it anyway exactly might as, well just get, make, uh, might as well make them look nice and maybe you can display them after exactly so i've always i've always thought that uh that's another source of revenue opportunity for the nhl if they ever take their heads out of their you know where and you know be a little innovative and and creative and find other ways to to make money um that that could be one right there uh, all right, Dave, let's get to your ranking. So uh, I've tasked you originally, we were going to do this like as a, uh, together, we're going to say, you know, top five piece of equipment that we liked or something like that. And you were like, you told me that you were like a big mask guy as a kid and you used to draw masks like as, yeah. for fun. Like that was yeah. just something you did in your part-time just as as a kid growing up, which I think was pretty I, sweet. I would literally, if like sometimes I got in trouble in school where I would get like, you know, like you can get the paper that you put it on. It's see-through enough that you can trace over something. How many yeah, times yeah. I would trace over a goalie mask or, you know, especially like Eddie Belfour and like mm. certain goalies that had really good traceable ones. I get in trouble because I would be doing that during class. Yeah. Um, like it's, just, it's, they're so cool because like and especially during the broadcast where you're watching like the goalie's got its own solo shot and you see the mask it's just so cool i always yeah. gravitated towards goalie mask so yeah i do have a list here um i have a top five and i have an honorable mention so we'll start with the honorable mentions and i actually am going to test mike to see if he actually recognizes this goalie mask Ooh, I'm, gonna- I'm so bad at this stuff i'm gonna be terrible you're gonna embarrass me so here's the first one here batman Ooh, gotham okay, city Lego batman uh, it was from 2016, the Leafs' 100th anniversary. Um, so if that gives you a bit of a clue, of who well, would have had this mask? Freddy? Yeah. Freddy with the Batman-themed mask. Nice. This is an honorable mention just because, you know, it's it was it's a very cool mask. He didn't wear it a lot. This wasn't one of his. This was like a specialty one that he has. And you can tell it's from the 100th anniversary because it has the leaf with the 100. Yeah. For those that are not, if you're not, if you're just listening to this, you're not going on the YouTube. Don't know what you're, you're missing out on some fantastic helmets right now. So, yeah, yeah. that was, this was an honorable mention just because it wasn't one that he, like, when I think of Frederick Anderson, like, he had a lot of different masks. Like, this guy had, he kept this artist busy. I actually don't remember who the. I have to get the artist's name for these ones. So maybe I'll put in the description who did the. Uh, if I can find out who did the mask, I'll make sure to give them a shout out for those. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, who's coming in at number five on your list? Eddie, number five, the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle. This guy had the same same helmet design for every team he played for, and it did not matter to me. Didn't matter. It's one of my favorite goal. It's a great goalie mask. 
you, all it is is the eagle, and it has just a couple. Of, I think there's just a couple of other like little emblems on it, but the eagle is what stands out. And the fact that he also had his own nickname as Eddie the Eagle too, like yeah, yeah, just yeah. a great mask. And like obviously, I didn't know much about Ed Belfort or when he came to Toronto for the first time. I, all I just knew is like this guy's got a really nice goalie helmet. Then I realized how good of a goaltender he was, and I'm like, oh, I guess he's pretty good too. To be for to be to be fair, before we get flamed in the comments, keep in mind that Dave and I, when Ed Belfour came to Toronto, were like nine years old. Yeah, so we we weren't you know we weren't. Uh, I wasn't the... too fond of him. I, I wasn't. I didn't know about that he was the goalie that won with the Stars when they won their cup in Chicago. And Chicago, like, yeah. he was just an absolute tank. Like right. the thing about Chicago had both Ed Belfour. And Dominic Hasek at one point, and they unfair. never won anything. Unfair, unfair, but still unfair. Yeah, so he's number five for me. It's a great mask, definitely deserves to be in the list. Uh, next one is Mr. James Reimer. Rhyme Daddy. I, I flip flop between him and Belfour. What I liked was he got the nickname Optimus Rhyme. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Joe Bowen, and when that nickname sort of sticks, I love when goaltenders just fully lean into it. So in this mask here, you can see he's got the the truck from the uh, you know that always associated with Optimus Prime from the Transformer show. Got the Toronto skyline. If you don't have the Toronto skyline in a in a mask, it's kind of a little bit of a faux pas in my in my opinion. You can get away with it with certain masks. But if you're doing something like this, I do like when you have the skyline in there. And then you got uh, Optimus Prime. There's actually two of them. There's one here at the top, and then there's a nice one here on the side. So I like, I really, I thought this, it's a clean mask. I think it just kind of really embodies the James Reimer of when he was good. And also, he has the <laughs> Autobot logo here at the bottom. So I thought it was a pretty, uh, pretty nice mask there for James Reimer. Yeah. And obviously, like the leaf logo on like the cranium part of the. Yeah at the top there big massive maple leaf and like the cool kind of maple leaf i don't know yeah like i always like i've seen someone just they threw the logo on there and i'm like boring like get a different leaf in there you can cut make it cool so i did like that james armor did do that all right next one this is what i call an iconic mask felix the cat popped in yeah I actually, I don't know where it is. I'm pretty sure maybe it was my brother who took it. We had the back in the nineties, they would give away mini masks. I don't know where my brother got this one from, but we had him I think we had Patrick Waugh and there was another one. And they're these little miniature style of these goaltending masks. like a display thing. I've seen them. Yeah. So I had, a, we had a Podman one. I don't know where it is. Um, that's something I would love to have in this office with all my other stuff, but this mask if you ask anyone from the 90s who was a Leafs fan, I'm sure a lot of them will say in the comments that this is probably a mask that they would say is one of their top ones just because Potvin was right in the middle of those prime years for the Leafs when they went to the on those uh, conference final runs. So just a great mask. Simple. It's a simple mask, but you knew that was Felix Potvin's mask. Yep. You got Felix the cat, and you got a little, like, cat teeth coming out the bottom there and oh yeah that's uh that was a good good looking mask all right right. we got coming up next this one's gonna surprise you this is gonna surprise a lot of don't 
don't give me like Matt Murray's mask nope. or something. No, nope. it's not Matt Murray. That's number two. That is number two for me. Vesa Toscola. Oh, that is a dope mask. The I forgot that's what that mask looked like. I was so disappointed that Vesa Tosca didn't amount to anything because of that mask. So for those who aren't watching and they're listening, um, apologies. This this segment probably isn't as good <laughs> audio. Quick, if you're listening it on your phone, just do a quick Google search Tosca mask leaves. You'll find yeah. a picture that we have there. And you know what? We'll post all these photos and, and we'll do a ranking and we'll toss it up mm-hmm. also on Twitter um after we upload this podcast so you can also go check out our twitter page and you can also see what they look like but this is cool it's just like a a skeleton essentially um and then its mouth is wide open and it's got some jibs and the mouth open is obviously where the mask is where you know he his face is now symmetry the lines but what's really cool is the eyes 100 you know what it kind of looks like um What's that? The Nick Cage Venom. movie. I think of it like Venom. You think Ghost Rider, but I'm I think of Venom. And so the mouth it. looks Venomish, right? Yeah. And maybe it is Venom, but it kind of looks like a skull as opposed to yeah. I think it's Venom, I think it's at the cross of like a Venom Ghost Rider. If you want to describe it, yeah. Either way, that's a sick mask. I actually forgot what that uh, what that guy's mask looks like. Too, it's just too bad he stuck. <laughs> Because I yep. I love that mask so much. Yep, yep, yep. All yep. right. Now, number one, I think if I didn't have this number one, I would have to like resign as a Leafs fan. <laughs> the Curtis Joseph mask remains the most icon. I think hot take here, best goaltending mask of all time. You try to argue this with me, and I will just I'll just say nah. Because this mask, the the Cujo mask, I would like I would shell out good money to have this ma- a replica of this mask. Yeah, honestly, that's so sick. That is an unbelievable mask. Like that's that's ten out of ten. We got to yeah. find out who made that mask. I and look, he's got the Leafs. He has the he has the Cujo nickname on the side here. He's got the Leafs, kind of different ones too, to kind of pay homage to the different eras of the Leafs too. People don't. Uh, people always think of the the Cujo part, the dog, but they never look at the side to see the the nice like little montage of the different leafs there throughout the years. But just the way the eyes, the yellow eyes, and then I I I should have pulled up like different styles from when he was a St. Louis. His St. Louis one is really good. That yeah. was kind of obviously the first one there, and then you have the Edmonton one. And Team Canada too. He had a Team, Team Canada. Canada well. He did it with team, like, and that's the thing with Cujo. Whatever team he went for, you just knew you were going to work. Yeah. Just change the color scheme. David, David Arrigo is uh, is the artist behind the, the Cujo look. David oh. Arrigo. So shout out. And I think he's done a lot of other masks too. I don't think it's uh, just. Uh, yeah. I yeah. I don't think it is just uh, the leaf one. And, and like, and there's been different. And there was different iterations of it for like the if he was wearing the blue jersey, the white jersey, like they didn't like there was kind of different versions of that Cujo mask. So, but but the design remained the same throughout the years. So I if if I if have any recommendation to you guys, just go and look up different Cujo masks 
and I, I when I was preparing for this, maybe spent a little too long looking at masks and maybe <laughs> was trying to find a way to purchase one. So um yeah, but just such a such an iconic design. And actually, if you look at the Red Wings one, he does like the Red Wings and he has kind of Cujo in the Red Wings uh, logo. It's really well done. I'm so, looking at um just like a bunch of the masks by the Sirigo character. And these are just like so cool. It's, you know, like it, it, the, the thing that I love about going mass and to kind of just maybe to, to put a uh, current on this is it's sports and art coming together. Right. Yeah. We're seeing that more and so more so now with the different Jersey designs, you know, we think of like the indigenous art that's been coming out with, you know, the Canucks putting together stuff. Uh, you think about the Kachina jerseys coming back, like bringing art and sports together, right? And that's what goalie masks like. It's a canvas that these guys, and it's hard to make to paint a goalie mask. Like these things take a long time to get done because you're not printing these masks. A lot of these are painted on, then they do like obviously the coating to protect it, but these are painted, airbrushed in a lot of cases. Like this is. This isn't something that's printed off of a off a computer. So that's yeah. why I really appreciate Talent, it. Man, talented artists, really talented artists um out there who who do goalie masks. Like I've I've listened to um Noodles from Overdrive, Jamie McClendon, who obviously played many years uh in, in the league as a goaltender. He talks a lot about goalie masks and he talks a lot about artists who like create these masks and he's kind of gone in depth um a few times on the show about you know, the, the artistic integrity of these masks. And I, I have such an appreciation for them. And, and when somebody makes uh, a cool one like this one, uh, and then, you know, it's so sick that 20 years later, you have a, another young goalie uh, kind of as an homage to you, uh, recreates it with a little bit of his own flair. You know, he had a good mask. And uh, that's that's pretty much what um, Samsonov decided to do with, with his mask here so uh really cool that's a solid list dave it's a solid list i do gotta say i the, the toscala one for me though i forgot how awesome of a mask it, it really really was i really yeah. did just such a it, it's such an it, it's one of those things where you could be a bad goalie but if you have a good goal a good mask it kind of it kind of maybe distracts for one second well one you. of the things that i was going to bring up like before you decided that you want to do the, the goalie mask ranking because you just have such an appreciation for it is, um, you know, when I saw that one of the first things that I thought about wasn't necessarily a mask. I thought about other pieces of equipment and I thought about Trevor kids pads, right? Oh, like remember yeah. Trevor kid and his pads, like that's what he's known for. He wasn't a great goalie, you know, in the grand scheme of goaltenders who played in the national hockey league, he's definitely not one to remember, but you do remember him because he always had sick pads. If you could pull those up really quickly, because Trevor yeah. kid, no matter where he played, he had like these checker pads and they were always so sick. And, and, and you know, you knew whose they were. And that's kind of why Trevor kid was known um, around the NHL. And, and certainly when he was with the Maple Leafs for his cool pads, not, not being a top tier goalie, but having top tier yeah. style when it came to goalie pads. This, this should be it right here. Uh, go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's blank. 
Oh, yeah. There they are. Look at those things. It's like a checkers game. Yeah, I, I, he, had, he did it. I, th- I think this is a good. This is probably the best image of that. Like, like just the full setup, the full setup with the pads, the the blocker, the glove, the whole setup was just sick. <laughs> like, it was just awesome. That's it what that really like, distracting when I think of, as a player too to right. see that. What's that? It must be really distracting as a player to see that too. Probably. Probably would be, but when I that was like the first thing that I think of when I think of like really cool, um, obscure goal equipment or just equipment in general. I always think of Trevor Kids get up. Trevor Kids get up was the best, honestly. It, it really was. Um, good stuff, Dave. Appreciate it. Uh, that was that was cool. Um, can't wait to see Samsonov in action here shortly to uh to debut that mask on the ice. But uh, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'm going to be gone next week. Technically, like we said earlier, there's a couple episodes that we've pre-recorded that will be rolling out um, next week. So I'll, I'll make some appearances in those videos. Um, but Dave, you got the uh, you got the ball rolling as we head into training camp next week. But that'll do it for today's show. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the podcast. You can subscribe to the Lockdown These Podcasts on all podcast platforms. Also up on YouTube and receive daily leaves content follow myself on twitter at mickey underscore canuck follow dave at the underscore more suiting follow the show as well at locked on leafs enjoy your weekends folks got uh, two more games in the prospect tournament you got one more against dallas today and then you've got detroit on sunday uh so enjoy those games and dave will be back to recap it all for y'all on monday until then keep it locked right here on locked on leafs